There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you ever get a little down in life? Do you dream of that buff body but can't be bothered to actually do the work? Of course you do. We all hate ourselves a little bit. 30 minutes from now, you'll feel so comparatively intelligent, cultured and generally superior that you'll wonder why you ever worried at all. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Flats and Shanks. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of our weekly podcast. I'm David Flatman. I'm Tom Shanklin. Hiya Tom. Alright mate. Um, mate is it? Okay. We are in the Worcester Warriors team room here at Six Ways. Um, it was my turn to sort out the venue um, mm-hmm. because we alternate and I've been here commentating today and I'm a little bit lazy so um, I've arranged this room and we, we can't afford a studio, we can't afford food let alone a studio for goodness sake. Food? Food. Mate, I don't need, mate, I get fat from oxygen, mate. I don't need to buy food. You could put weight on eating celery, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I could actually. Yeah. Actually, a few people today, no joke, here at Six Ways told me I look like I've lost weight. It's it's that salmon jumper you're wearing, I think. Like it? Yeah, I do, actually. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we are here in the team room. It's a proper team room. There are stats on the walls. 23 chairs, like school chairs. Definitely too small for Donna Crow Callahan. There's like a row of Apple Mac computers where they get to look at their game and look yeah. at individuals. Other ma- other brands of computer are available. They're just not as good. No way as good, are they? Nowhere near as good. Nope. And if you're, if you're one of those anti-Apple people, well, get over yourself, get the chip off your shoulder. Um, it's arranged in a full semicircle. There's a co- there's a coach's chair in the middle, so it all gets pretty serious in here. And actually, it sort of takes me back to the old days of being in a team room and makes me realise that I don't miss it at all. Do you? No, not no, not really. Um, not at all. I mean, this takes me back to my 50th cap um, oh, for God. Wales. Here we go. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Sorry for being so good. Um, <laughs> but Warren Gatlin was coached 2008, and it was my 50th cap against Italy at the Millennium Stadium. I was the only one on the 50th cap, so dream. Happy days. Yeah. Not sharing it with anyone else. Dream opposition as well, respectfully. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And Warren Gatlin used to coach Wasps, didn't he? 
And, yeah. you know, you and I both played for Saracens. We played against Wasp when Gatlin was head yeah. coach there. And, you know, there's always a few wise words and a few last minute words and a bit of motivation in a mm. speech before you get on the bus and you go to the stadium. Coach's speech dishes. To play the game, yeah. 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 And he, walk, he comes in and, you know, he tells us about what we've got to do, a few little pointers, um, you know, not to take Italy lightly and what have you. And then he said, and it's Shanks's 50th cap. Um, well done. You started crying at that point. <laughs> well done, he said. And um, he said, you know, when I was coaching Wasps, you know, didn't think you were that good at Saracens, you know, <laughs> to the point where we used to try and target you. But well done, you made it. Um, good luck, lads, get on the bus. <laughs> that was it. He knocked you down, didn't build you back up. No, that was it. Like, oh, thanks, thanks, mate. And obviously, being a pretty easy target, all the boys just ripping into me non-stop. And because I used to sit at the back of the bus with Martin Williams, hardest, <laughs> hardest boys. Um, I, had to just, I had to walk past everybody on the bus and they were just the laughing at me, laughing at me, saying, rubbish, were you? <laughs> Cheers, coach. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as you've got someone better to pick, we are going to pick them. So anyway, enough of that, Tommy. What are we talking about today? Well, we are talking about the 45-man EPS squad. Yeah. That's been announced. Rugger, rugger. You know, you'll yeah. have a lot of knowledge on that and who should be in, who's not in, yeah. etc. Pro 12, Prem. Pro 12, Prem, maybe a little bit on the Ryder Cup. Oh, relevant. yeah. Non-rugger, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We might also have a chat about slash quick pop at um, big Sam Allardyce because um, I I don't know what you think I don't care what anyone says Tom I think our opinion is the opinion that counts on Sam Allardyce what do you think it's the only opinion mm. in my opinion yeah that's just your opinion um, uh, what else we got we're going to answer a lot of questions because believe it or not we've had more questions coming in we've had we have had absolutely loads we, and again we can't um, we can't read all of them out but we'll do our best to read what we think are the better ones and it, by the way if you send a question in like one guy did whose guy his name was, lovely bloke, his question was 308 words long. Really? So I'm sure you're a lovely man, but you need to work on being concise. I mean, that's pot kettle, I know that, but come on. There are different ways to contact us as well. Mm. Um, what's our Twitter handle, Flats? At Flats and Shanks. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, did. yeah. That's my first time, yeah. that is. <laughs> I know. Really <laughs> that. But website, what's our website? Uh, flatsandshanks.com. Or email. you can just email us, yeah, at Flats and Shanks. So oh, feels good. Ask us whatever. Feels great. But we want to answer them. Shanks mostly likes talking about um, women and money, but anyway, let's crack on. So just before we get in to the results um, of the Viva, the Pro 12, the Rugby Championship and what have you, the Ryder Cup has been on this weekend. And, yeah, and is controversial, Tommy. I love it. I think it's it's one of the best sort of competitions mm. you can watch. It, it you know, happens every two years. Um, but there's been a bit of sledging going on um, by the Americans more so. Because yeah. obviously in Hazeltine in Minnesota, Americans haven't won it for quite a few years and they don't get out much as a rule <laughs> yeah um, and they've been you know getting right into the Europeans and I've heard a few things not everything but for instance you know they've been singing Sweet Caroline to Rory McIlroy um, obviously because of Caroline Wozniak his ex-girlfriend yeah um, but See, I'm that, all for it you're yeah I. And, unless it's personal but then yeah but I, I mean I'm gonna I, I'm not it's difficult to go to be anti-Sweet Caroline as a bit of a joke about yeah. someone's ex. It's kind of like, do you know what? I want to I want to judge them on that and say that's inappropriate. Um, but I know that if I was on an all-dayer with my mates at the Ryder Cup, there's every chance I'd be singing something like that and I wouldn't actually, wouldn't mean necessarily that I hated Rory McIlroy. No. 
but there has been some stuff going on which, you know, Rory Mc they're swearing at Rory McIlroy, they're shouting, hor shouting horrible personal stuff as he walks past, and I, I think they've gone way too far. And it is, it's got to be said, it's a minority of American fans, but they're a loud minority. And I don't know, I'm, I'm up for a bit of banter. I don't mind that, but. I'm, I quite like things like silence during goal kicks and silence during the backswing and when someone's swinging off, teeing off, whatever. I don't think we should go there. And I think the Americans, the ones who've behaved badly, have behaved really, but really badly. Wouldn't it be great, though, if that was, if you're allowed to? So right in the middle of someone's backswing, you could go... Admittedly. You were allowed to shout or do anything you wanted. Um, yeah, ad really admittedly, fun. there is an opportunity for comedy gold there. Yeah. Um, but I, I quite like that um, certain, you know, we're a very kind of open-minded world these days, especially sort of the USA, perhaps less so in the USA, but certainly the USA and us, we're open-minded people and everyone's kind of accepting all that sort of stuff. But I I do like, and everyone's allowed to express themselves pretty much however they want is what mm. I mean. And I quite like the idea that some things remain sacrosanct, like silence during goal kicks, like silence during tee-offs. Um, I think I'm just a nicer guy than you. Um, what has been interesting is that Sergio Garcia went out to... There's five or six Europeans all dressed in red and yellow. I think they're called the European Guardians. So what, like the like, Hells Angels or something? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, like the Guardians of the Cup, they are, sort of thing, for Europeans. And they're, 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 they're not punters. These are employed by... No, 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 I think they're, they're, I think they're just punters. Oh, right, sat, right. Sat in the stand with... Top to toe in red. Uh, oh, they, red. they call themselves the Guardians. Yeah. All right. In blue and yellow gear. Okay. And Sergio Garcia went out to him this morning. This is Sunday, so it's the last day of the singles. And he went. Out, he just wanted to g up a bit of atmosphere. And you know, because obviously America are quite loud there. And he said to the he said to the guys, he said, "Look, for every rookie, European rookie that comes on, I want you to sing. You'll never walk alone." It's so like obviously someone like Thomas Peters, um, Cabrera Bello. Um, yeah. First-time players in the Ryder yeah. Cup, they're going to sing "You Never Walk Alone." But they've got some great songs on there. Yeah, they've got oh, I like um, that. "Europe's on Fire," "Davis Love Is Terrified," <laughs> you know the Will Griggs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's brilliant seeing that because you you never ever see that in normal golf. See, I love I love that. I love all that and the boisterousness um, between shots and all that sort of stuff. Paul O'Connell has been out there as well, giving has a he? bit of a team talk because I think the motto is "Shoulder to Shoulder." Yeah, like obviously the uh, the anthem, and he's yeah. gone out there and given him a bit of a team talk. Yeah, if it moves, whack it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah, while we're on the subject of stuff that <laughs> <laughs> I like that, that's good. That's a good reference. Um, I basically I can recite the Predator script word for word, by the way. But anyway, if they pull a knife, you pull a gun. Yeah, so let's let's move on. All right, we've done okay. Ryder Cup. We let's stay off the subject of rugby for a sec and talk about Sam Allardyce. Okay. Um, firstly, uh, depending on your standpoint. Stitched up. That's your standpoint. Okay, well done. Now, I get that, and he was stitched up a bit. Well, he was stitched up entirely, a but lot. it's pretty easy to not get stitched up. It's, it's like saying the president who has an affair with his assistant has been stitched up because he's been caught. All he's got to do is not have an affair with his assistant, right? He did not have sexual relations. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Allardyce did not have sexual relations with his agent. Right, yeah. but, but for me, it's arrogance and greed that have got in there, and... I, I don't say this about that many people because I feel like generally you can get on with people. I went to a lunch. Um, Bet you did. A, uh, yeah, another one. Yeah. I went to a lunch in London a couple of years ago and I was sitting with or standing before the lunch having a drink with Lawrence Delalio 
and catch Sam that, Allardyce catch, catch that, that name drop that got that and Lawrence Dalio and David Beckham told me never to name drop <laughs> by yeah. the way so it's me and Ricky Gervais and Bono and yeah. anyway we were smashed it was only 11am no so we're having a chat and Sam Allardyce we started talking about football versus rugby and it's all fun you know and I said to be fair rugby guys are all bigger and stronger and whatever but in terms of actual running fitness going for a run kind of thing yeah. there is no rugby player that could live with an elite footballer no way no the way. ground they cover yeah no way and it helps that they're you know the size of our breakfast but still they're incredibly fit guys so and he said well yeah I mean they weren't they weren't before I come into it and I said what well before I come into it there was no such thing as fitness in football so I I kind of looked at Lawrence and thought he's obviously joking and laughed mm. nothing no irony no self-aware nothing and then he's like I said all oh, right so you you brought it in yeah yeah well, strength conditioning and I know I know I know that he is largely responsible for leading a strength conditioning revolution in football Sam but that was yeah but that all isn't right. what he said what he said was there was no fitness till I came in and then I think Lawrence said something along the lines of, um, he goes, so, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, Sam, you invented fitness in football. And he just said, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. You're like, oh, my God. The, he was genuinely unpleasant company to the point where I don't wish anybody ill in this world unless they're hurting people, you know, and then you wish me Billy, well, they hurt your family, whatever it is. I don't want him to lose his job and have a horrible time and see his wife crying when he wakes up in the morning. I don't yeah. want that. But I met him and I thought, you are not a nice bloke. And I feel, com I feel comfortable enough saying that because I'll probably never hear it. And if he does, I could beat him in a fight. Uh, but it was an 11-month sort of investigation into him. So it's not just so he wasn't just shouting his mouth off around a table. You know, he would have been groomed by these reporters for a long, long time. Maybe. I mean, ultimately... He would have felt comfortable enough that they were possibly friends or he could confide in them. His agent is... A lot to blame for that as well. For yeah, putting him in touch yeah, with that. fine. And, but it, and his last words were that you have to run it by the FA before um, he could he could go out and sanction it, or whatever. Um, so you thought that they were his sort of saving words, really. But, but he's, he's been in the job five minutes. He's on three million quid a year. He's got the dream, job of most. He wasn't even in the dream. job. He wasn't even in the job when he first started. Um, no, but okay. So he's in the he's in the job for this long, and he's yeah. already talking about ways to con his employer. You know, I mean, you can't, you know, to sort of find loopholes and sidestep the regulations of the FA. I mean, I know, and there's, there's others that come out as well. Greedy, tacky, and greedy. I'm not having it. The results for the Aviva Premiership this weekend. Anything that stood out for you Friday, Saturday? Uh, Friday kind of went as you'd imagine with uh, Sarri's putting a load of points on Bristol. They didn't they, absolutely. They, they annihilate. are going to struggle, Bristol, aren't they? And uh, Sarri's were in control nearly. Well, I think for the whole game, yeah. Bristol had two or three line breaks, and it was either a pass that went into touch, or you know they lost it in contact when Saracens were under pressure. And mm. there's no real world-class players there. No, there? It's... they miss Henson. He he went out in the first game. There's yeah. no creativity in the backs. They really leak in a lot of tries. I just really, I really pray. I don't pray. I don't pray to anyone actually, but um, I hope. Uh, strongly that they don't turn into this season's London Welsh who just get pumped by everyone and it means that I suppose it means everyone else can relax and express themselves a little bit and play a bit more Yeah. but actually it just removes and being sort of slightly macabre but being honest it removes one of the best pieces of drama from the sporting season you know and it's relegation is a dramatic situation and it's emotional and all that stuff but what it means is that you know three months from now they could be dead and buried effectively a couple of months from now they're gone and yeah I, re I, time. I really, really want them to get a win. I really and the set do. piece is good, though. 
Yeah, they said. Yeah, I it's mean, just, they, they just lack a little bit of creativity. They don't quite have the caliber of players that a lot of the top six do in the in the league. And it's always difficult, isn't it, when you're newly promoted because you can't, you yeah, can't really old, plan. It's the old question around the budget. model, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, by the time you know you're going up, you you can't. Everyone else has signed up, and if you want to start signing them really early, then you know wh- why is someone who's at a top club going to come to Bristol? No offense, but they might still be in the champs next year, so they're not going to sign a contract. You know, so yeah. it's it's an almost unworkable model. But uh, unfortunately for Bristol, Exeter have proven that you can make it work. Exeter played really really well at Saints on Friday night. Ultimately, Saints won first win in three home games this season. Yeah, I know. George North was great. The, the try he set up. I mean, um, he scored, he scored one just before in yeah. the corner. Took yeah. two men over with him. Yeah. And then he caught that kick. I mean, firstly, don't kick the ball to George North. Decent idea. Secondly, when, you know, nice little play, bit of ghosting, we call it, don't we? Mikey Hayward nudged Greg Holmes out of the way, who was going to tackle or try to tackle George North, at least mm. slow him down. And then it was on. But what I liked about it was that he wasn't, you might say, you know, an out-and-out winger just goes for the finish. But he knew he didn't have the room to go around Ollie Woodburn. Didn't try and bulldoze him, even though he's bigger than a cow. He stepped inside, had a look, probably took a bit of pace off and put the ball inside the groom who fed Hutchinson and it was just a beautiful try probably close to try the season already I think so I mean the Cipriani for Gopeth last week was pretty special as well but, what's um, good for him is that he's coming back from last year where he's had a lot of concussions and it must have been a tough year for him but yeah. he's he's managed to find the form now at the start of the season and you know Wales are desperate for, for someone like him to be back on form do you know I don't I don't think it's coincidence that he found he's found his form for Saints at the same time as Louis Picamol has arrived because he is an absolute freak and he carries so much ball and mm. almost every carry, not every carry, but almost every carry is effective and puts him on the front foot. So George North is operating in a team with proper ballast up front that is motoring forward, um, very, very strong at the set piece. And he's he's always going to profit from having someone inside him making yards like Picamol does. Yeah, yeah. We talked about, we thought Gloucester had managed to turn a corner. Um yeah. But again, it wasn't it wasn't an epic game against Bath. It was absolutely awful. Lost fifteen six. Oh, it was awful. Um, and you know, Laidlaw missed a, a couple of kicks, which is very yeah. unlike him. I tell you what, at the beginning of that game, because you wonder what Gloucester are going to turn up, and at the moment, and Greg Laidlaw was absolutely smashing people. Yeah, saw he was that. flying around, well up for it. Um, but it, it unusually didn't work from the tee for him. But no, but I tell. What was good was Watson's try. Um, Billy Burns, they, they saw Billy Burns was defending on the on the wing. Mm-hmm. He's obviously not a wing, he's a 10. Mm-hmm. Gets really caught. Um, Homer just does a bit of a stop-start. Yeah. Um, doesn't do his defender, but just manages to draw in Burns a little bit. Yeah. Gets out of position. He's not looking at, at where Watson is. And Anthony Watson doesn't need much room, does he, to, no. to squeeze in. Um, no. I'll tell you what was interesting was the... Lift tackle, the ref called it, from Atwood. Yeah, um, yeah. Personally, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I no, thought did he, I. He landed on a Bath player. They brought him down safely. I don't think his leg was at 90. Just It was just a two-man tackle. Um, but the ref gave it as a, a penalty. Nothing more. I don't think it even should have been a penalty. I don't either. My book. I don't either. I, think I tell they you... Sh- they, they should leave, leave stuff like that alone yeah, to a point, I think. They should. Yeah. Um, Banahan's try was good. And if... It was good because you look where he started. It was a scrum and he was sort of hanging around outside the 10, yeah. 12 channel. I think he was playing, actually, I think he was playing 13 at the, at the weekend. 12 he was playing. 12. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's, he's obviously looking to do something something like a switch or something like that at, uh, at Laidlaw, who's now at 10. But 
the play goes on the left-hand side, and Bannon just wanders off on his own, round the back of the, the ruck, right round to the, the far corner, and just gets a little pass in the corner. Like, his... That's just a poacher's try. He's just read that game, and a little bit of luck over it, in the corner. It's interesting, though, that, because a week ago, that is exactly how... Um, Gloucester conceded a try to, I think it was Alex Tate in the corner when they lost to Newcastle Tate at home. Tate. Taters. Yeah. And um, so Banahan, they've done their research and they must, they must, their research and their analysis must have showed them that Gloucester, the big lads, are not getting around the corner. There must quick be enough. something put into his head for him to do that because. Yeah. You'd never set off like that with a couple of metres no, spare, you would you? you? You keep your, your units, you keep your 10, 12, and 13 normally yeah. together because, you know, after two or three phases where the forwards have a go and normally don't get anywhere, you know, you have yeah. to run a, a play in the backs. Yeah. Um, Moriarty, good again at good six. Again. We, great, we talked he? about him most weeks, really. But, you know, it's interesting. I, he's Again, he's one of those players um, that they seriously need to keep hold of. Yeah. I mean, they, they can't let him go. And he's a sort of player that could be tempted by a big, I don't know, central contract in Wales or something because... I hope so for, for yeah. Welsh rugby. Yeah, I expect you do. But they they gotta, they got to hang on to that guy. Worcester, I've just commentated now on... I mean, it's Sunday night, as you can guess, listeners, where we are now. Just commentated on Worcester against, uh, who was it, Newcastle? Yes. Um, Worcester won, which is good for them, good result at were home. Were you just commentating or were you like a pundit? Both. Okay, I was just wondering, you know, it's quite smart dress if you're just commentating. Thank you very much. Um, no, this is this is what I always wear. Um, yeah. But it was, oh God, it was dire. It was better than the one at King's Home, actually. Really? Yeah, the, it, it, it wasn't good. Let's just move on. Worcester won. Don't think there are any serious injuries, although they Cooper Vuna looks like he limped off a bit. Hopefully he's really? right. They've got loads of injuries. We've still got a couple of young lads coming through. Uh Shilcock, um Gareth Chilcock. Humphreys, Gareth Chilcock. Oh, he's back, is back is he? and he's he was fantastic. <laughs> Fitter than ever. Yeah, Josh Adams came off the bench. Three young guys in the back three, they're really, really good. Um, but it was it wasn't a good game, uh, you know, apart from the Worcester scrum, which was good fun to watch for, you know, pretty much only for me and my dad. Yeah. Um mm. Was today have Absolutely dismantled Harlequins. Uh, we could we could wax lyrical for the next twenty minutes about wasps alone. I don't think we need to. I think it's fair to say that our best mate um, from show whatever it was three or something, Jimmy Gopeth. Two, I think. Mate. Two. Yeah. Um, we've since then he's gone on to new heights. We have that pad. ability to motivate people that much, do we? Mate, we're a launch pad. We give him that exposure. We put him in the shop window. Then it's up to them to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's absolutely flying. He was brilliant. I mean. They're all brilliant. I mean, just just find a way to watch the highlights because Dan Robson's try is... I mean, it's an absolute joke how good that try We've is. I've got a question here from Mike Strelli. Um, hi, guys. Hi, yeah. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Um, how long do you think it will be before Dan Robson overtakes Danny Kerr as England number two scrum half? Yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting one. And well, I who's, think... who's England number one, then? Ben, ben Youngs. Youngs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think Ben Youngs remains number one. Um, number one. Number one. But I... But I, it's an interesting question. I think I, I don't know if he's just going to straight overtake him. I think there's room, there's room for more than one number two. If you know what I'm saying, um, I think Joe Simpson also, when he hits form, is well, a very very threatening player. Yeah. I think Chudley and Will Cliff are both good players at Exeter and Bristol combined. But Ben Spencer for me at Sarries is the best young, best sort of. Well, no, actually, along with Dan Robson, would be the best sort of young talent in England okay. at scrum half. And I think Ben Spencer could well get a lot of England caps. So could Robson. So could Simpson, although with Simpson, you feel like if they're going to pick him, if they were going to pick him, they would have picked him by now. Yeah. Don't know. Kind of get that feeling, don't you? Same with Elliot Daly. If he was going to become a 40 or 50 cap player, he'd been in by now. Well, he's sort of in, isn't he? You know, he's, he's, he's been capped, um, but 
they're going to go with John but, Joseph, but you, aren't they? But often you have to wait for an injury. You have to wait for yeah. your chance. So yeah. there's potential. Yeah, but wonderful player. Yeah. Um, result result of the weekend for me was Sale turning over Leicester. Yes. At the AJ Bell. We haven't spoken too much about Sale recently, no. and but they've been not doing too badly. But they lose at home to Gloucester, and you yeah. think what's going on there, you know? Um, but they they just look really sharp. They tore Leicester apart through the middle. Mike Phillips, he went straight through the middle. I know. Typical fashion, that is. He, yeah. that, that's what he's... He's always looking for a snipe himself. And because he's so big and strong and powerful, he, he often gets away. It's like having mm. another number yeah. seven in your team. There was a little bit of you score three, we'll score four about that It was game. exactly like that, wasn't yeah. it? It was one one team scores, the other scores. Beatham, again, yeah. had a great game last oh, week. He was brilliant again. He's so powerful. So, you know, like... He's his, quicker his lateral, than I thought, you know. Yeah, he is. Yeah. His lateral movement from... Mm. From the side, it is really good as well. He's a big guy as well. He um, played really nicely. And there's a bit of talk about this Paolo Dogru. Yeah. Um, on the wing. Yeah, now his try, I mean, he's... He's he's compact. He's powerful. He's, he's low centre of gravity. Yeah. Hard to get hold of. Yes. His try was well finished off the back of the line-out, but really, at pro level, you, should be, you shouldn't be conceding tries from first phase off the back of your line-out. You've got to put someone there at the back to defend. Mm. Well, whoever's there has got to be able to cover either a big unit or a quick unit. Mm. So it's not an easy job. And I remember Saris used to put me on the back of the line out. Because um, you're mobile. So mobile. Yeah. Um, and I was there for about six weeks and just had no defensive errors in six weeks. And another kicking option. But then, yeah, but then um, somebody realised I was standing there and targeted me and um, that was Bath actually. And Dan Lyle, I think, scored a hat-trick. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's just where I was. Um, anyway, that was the end of my I'll tell, I'll tell another little, um... career at the tail. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. Go on. Um, Will Addison. It's, yeah, yeah. He sort of moved from wing or or fifteen to the centre. Yeah, and that it just seems to be working. He's now his first choice kicker at goal. Well, it's like right. We need a winger now. Mark Cueto's gone. Got yeah. him. Need a goal kicker now. Sips has gone. Got him. Six from six at the weekend. Yeah, brilliant. So uh, an interesting weekend. Two, I would say, if we can be blunt about this, two crap games and four really good oh. games at the weekend. Pound in the swear jar, Dave. So pound in the swear oh. jar. Sorry, Michelle, our producer, who's not producer, our boss, basically who's not here, but when we swear, she tells us off. So the Pro 12 roundup, we had Ulster beating Ospreys in a classic match, mate, 9-7. Oh, drilled them, 9-7, uh, drilled them. Ulster top of the league. Um, Connell had their first victory, 28-15 over like Edinburgh. It. Yeah. Like it. So hopefully that's turning around the corner and last year's champions can Well, they're going to win the, the thing table. now, won't they? They're going to um, win I the thing. So. It'd be worth putting a bet on, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I covered a game for the media at the weekend, so a bit like you, in a what way, game? really. Um, bluesy Leinster at the what, BT. What media? Um, just media, mate. Just it doesn't what matter media? what it is. You're you, not getting you away cover with media. It. I cover media. What um, media? We're both legends. <laughs> 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 Who were you there with? Oh, all right. I was covering it for this podcast. <laughs> you went okay. So you just went to the Blues. Did you go in the box? To watch it? I mean, I'm not going to the stands. <laughs> <laughs> Who goes in the stands to watch a game? All right, when you so got free drinks and food in a box? All right, so you covered it for media. You actually went when you didn't have to. I was with Gennaro AV Productions, so I went with them. Is that um, your company? Well, that's not mine, but <laughs> did a bit of work for them. Okay, fine. Gennaro, um, don't trust um, them. Just joking. Uh, so you're in a box, and do you need a pass, or is your face enough? Um, no, just a face, mate. Just the, the face and the, the arms and the chest. Come on it's in, fine. Alfie. Come on in, they say. He was actually there. Was he? And you often don't see us like in the same room, let no, alone, take your, let alone well, stadium together. You asked me to take your word for it. He um, he was parading a hundred women around the pitch. Oh, typical, isn't it? Yeah, that is typical him. Um, he was. He's, he does this thing called Alfie's Angels. Yeah. Um, and he's 
got 100 women fit to run the Cardiff Half Marathon. So he was walking around and they were just doing a lot of oh, yeah. point clap waves. You know that when you finish a match? Just yeah, point clap point wave. Clap wave. Yeah, I know that person. Doesn't matter who yeah. it's at. Hey, you. Oh, yeah. What are you like? And there he was. So Blues lost, didn't they? Uh, yeah, they lost 16-13. Um, um, had a chance to win it right at the end. The referee, I don't know, you can't often blame referees, but he You're about wasn't, to, aren't you? He, <laughs> he wasn't great. Um, throughout the whole of the game, you know, yeah. he penalised the Blues a lot for for sealing off. He didn't penalise Leinster a lot of time for that. Um, and what, what's your view on this? When a player is trying to run back in to the defensive line, and the scrum half blatantly throws the ball. Oh, it at bugs him. me. Bugs the. Ch- well, Josh Navidi got yellow carded for that. I got yellow carded for that when I played, but it was just because I was really retired. But, but the Blues had had an opportunity right at the end, and they were picking and going right on Leinster's line, and then one of the backs came in and. Backs really can't pick and go, kind of, unless they're incredibly powerful, like a like a Tuolangi or a Roberts or a North. Banahan or something. Yeah, they're so not best, really going to get over. And they, best pick and goer, best pick and go back ever, oh, ever. Go on then, Ben Cohen. Yeah, playing with you okay. against Sale, I once missed four tackles in a game, and all four were on Ben Cohen, and I got dropped. Were they the only tackles as well? I didn't make any. The only positive. <laughs> no, I didn't make any. <laughs> I four opportunities. No, but anyway, getting back to that. Picked him, you know, get held up over the line. Two minutes to go, a couple of reset scrums, penalty. You know, Leinster end up winning. Um, so I've got, we got on that. We got a question um, from Ianto Calibra uh, on Twitter. Yeah, are the refs in Pro 12 corrupt or incompetent? Now they're clearly corrupt. not corrupt. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> corrupt. corrupt. Done. They're all criminals. Um, that's quite an aggressive question. Yeah, I, I quite like aggressive questions sometimes. What do you think? Are they incompetent? Are they is well, the standard corrupt. lower? They're not of corrupt. Of course they're not. Um, but possibly the standard is lower. Um, I think there's, there's such a variety of refereeing standards, I think, in the Pro 12. And, mm. you know, it's possibly something they need to look at. But it was particularly poor, I thought, on the weekend. Mm. Um, it's not always poor. Um, and, and the Blues obviously had chances to win the game. But it doesn't help with the inconsistencies of refs. What's, yeah. what's your, uh, do you know what I reckon? How would it slow the game up too much if a specialised, I don't know, say, ex-prop came on to ref scrums? Depends on the salary, really. And, <laughs> oh, sorry, you're not offering <laughs> the job. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think, I uh, know, I don't. No. It, would, it, would it slow it up? Just put it out there, mate, that's all. I think almost if you add an ex-prop or two, whatever, sitting, or three, get three of them, okay. and they sit in a little room or in the truck in the car park where the TMO sits, and you... They could feed the ref info through an Well, that they can just see a scrum go down, ref blows his whistle, and we've all got five seconds. I'll give myself the job. We've got five seconds to hit... Another one. Red or blue, whatever the, the, the teams, you know, whichever, whichever one it is, this is who should get the penalty, bang, and he just awards the penalty. OK. And we can sort the description later, but then they need to pay three of us. I mean, it's not going to happen. I just think... Yeah, cash? Unfortunately, cash? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I think that, the, you know, there's always been areas in rugby that are open to interpretation and are a bit grey. And I kind of think you don't want to make it too much more transparent. I think you need you need to let the boys get on with it. And there needs, there'll be nothing to talk about soon because every decision will be play. right. Let the players play. Let the players play, baby. Um, but there'll be, there'll, be, there'll, be, there'll be nothing going wrong, you know. And what are you going to talk about when you get home? Yeah. What are yeah. you going to talk about? What hey. are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? What, when I go home? Or when you cover games for, like, when you cover games for media, what yeah, are you going to talk about? Media. When you go in a box and have a sandwich for um, no media at all. Talk about probably what series are good on TV at the moment. Mm. Have you seen Have you seen Stranger Things? 
Uh, no, I've seen one and I'm going to get back into it. It's like a cross. It's really good. It's like a cross between The Goonies. Yeah. Um, E.T. and Stand By Me. Wow. Okay. 70s, 80s. Okay, noted. It's really good. True story as well. Yeah, okay. Um, it's about aliens. Uh, uh, the Rugby Championship happened on the weekend as well. No point, mate. No point. Apart from what you've already said, Dane Coles and Agustin Creevy are by miles the best hookers in the world and there's no point in playing against the South Africa won, though. Ended their three-game yeah. losing streak. Um, Francois Lowe was mega in that. Do you see that? No. I'm, I guess I'm biased because well, whatever. I saw it say He was amazing. He was brilliant. Monier Stain was good as well. Yeah. First start in two years. Yeah. Um, I, th- I do think he's the better 10. Do you? Him and Jean Tees. Yeah. Jean Tees. Um, scored all their points as well. Yeah. Four penalties. Yeah, he does a good job. Two drop he? goals. No, he does a good job. And New Zealand beat Argentina 36 17. Not yeah. much of a shot there. No, 29 3 or something at half time, wasn't it? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Joke. Exactly. They're a joke. They're a joke. But in a good way. Very good way. So, Dave, the 45 man elite player squad, or mm. EPS, if you like, yeah. has been announced. Or the England EPS, as lots of people call it, but the E stands for England, guys. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, yeah, interesting one. There, there aren't many players that aren't in it because there's 45 of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's, there's loads of players in it. Um, the, the, the inevitable talking point from an English, English standpoint is Danny Cipriani's exclusion. Yes. Um, for me, it's as simple as it, it cannot be rugby a rugby related. issue. It can't be, no, because he's been playing brilliantly all season and last season and most of the season I before. agree with that. So they just don't like him. And but, it's like, but it's probably over him or Alex... Lozowski, Lozo. Loza, Loza. Yeah. Uh, Lozowski, Lozowski, Kaplowski. He's a New York cop who works yeah. outside the law. <laughs> yeah, um, a dirty tash. He was a dirty tash, but he's... But he's, um, he's up and coming. He's up and coming. And he, he's, he's not, he's not going to be ahead of Farrell and Ford if they're both... No, he's, he's not. He's not. But they're rewarding a young player who's yeah. been playing very well for what, the best team in the Premiership. Yeah. Um, a place in the squad. And I suppose... If they're looking at Ford and Farrell, one of those two are going to play over Cipriani every time. So what's the point in having them in the squad when you can bring youngsters through, yeah. like Lazowski, Lazowski, yeah, you know the the New York cop, the cop, yeah, NYPD, um, and the, the amount he'll learn in that environment, yeah, will far outweigh probably what the amount Cipriani will learn in that environment. And yeah, and the, you know Eddie Jones spoke during the announcement. I think it was then. I've seen the quote. I think it was from that press conference talking about he doesn't just select on talent and ability, he selects on the makeup of the guy and yeah. sort of what, what, what he's like as a lad. And, you know... He's brave. And a few of the guys have said he, he's brave. You know, he's not the biggest in the, uh, you know, weight-wise, No, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm talking about Cipriani here. So okay. I'm, I'm saying that's why he's been excluded. OK. Um, and, you know, I don't know Danny really well, but I know him well enough. And he's, you know, he's, to me, he's... Nice lad, nice bloke. Um, yeah. But he, it clearly, they have the inside track at the club and at Sale and Wasp and all that sort of stuff. And they obviously regard him as you know, perhaps too much hard work. It, it cannot be, maybe they think he takes too much time to manage or it brings too much attention of sort of celeb attention yeah, to the okay. squad that they don't want. I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm speculating. I'm not but, like it. Keep going. But I, you know, I, I know Paul Gustard reasonably well and I know Steve Borthwick really well. I'm not saying it's them that's made the decision. Yes. But okay. they're not they're not fashion show kind of people. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah, so basically you're saying that's why. That's basically that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I, it's a complete guess, but it cannot be I say that with confidence because it cannot be to do with rugby because he's just been sensational. And Nathan Hughes was brilliant at the weekend yeah, against I know. Quinns. He was mega and he's back in great form. 
And just imagine a back row with him and Billy Vunapola in it. As long as you've got a, a workhorse at seven, you get a Rob Shaw or someone like that. You need seven. someone unbelievable at the breakdown, I think, with those two. Yeah, but, yeah, but the, the point that Eddie Jones has said recently, why they put Haskell in there as just a tackle machine, yes. is that there isn't, a, there isn't an out-and-out ground worker in the, in the Prem. And I think Matt Kvesic's very good, but they, there's something they don't like about him. Not no. as a bloke, as a player, they don't want him. I picked him at the start now, Tommy Taylor Yeah. at Wasps. Yeah, really, um, really good. Really, really good. He's in, which is good to see for him, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Rocket Aguni. Yeah, he's, he's a freak. And if he's used properly, I mean, he got one cap and then got discarded because he got a bit of a knock and yeah. wasn't didn't work out very nicely for him that. But he's he's a proper weapon if they're using properly, absolute weapon. And aerially, I think he's he's right up there with Israel Folau. And he's you know in terms of sort of catching them bombs, he is diffusing special. those bombs. Diffusing those bombs. I was diffusing's hitting the ground, catching his jump. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, anyway, he's potentially a really special player for England. I think if they if they use him properly. So apart from Danny Cipriani, no other real shots. I, well, there are lots of players you'd you'd kind of put. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. In if it was your squad, but I think in terms of the the big talking points, that's the one for me. And it, again, has to be something personal, doesn't it? So we got we got so many questions from people that we thought... Loads. We just Loads, like seven. Uh, we thought we'd take some time to actually answer some of them. Um, an interesting one from Yestin Evans. Um, it's a very, very long question, so I'll, brief, I'll sort of paraphrase it for you. Yeah, please. Are there any teams um, you'd ever secretly wanted to play for as a player, but you couldn't say so then that you look back and wish you'd played for? Um, Shanks, do you wish you were part of that Ospreys back line uh, they had back then? Or Flats, do you ever feel like you would have enjoyed being part of the ABC club with Jono and Benny Kay behind you? Tommy, you first. Uh, can we say the All Blacks? <laughs> Quite like to have played for them. <laughs> yeah, World 15 would have been nice. Yeah, used to practice the hacker all the time. Yeah. Um, Joe, I'd probably say the Scarlets. Uh, Did you? Yeah, yeah. 
they've always been like a running rugby team. They they leak a few tries, but they also score loads of tries, um, you know, from their own half, from their own line. Uh, and they, were, you know, back in the day when they had Stephen Jones, Dwayne Peel playing for them, mm. Scotty Quinnell. Yeah. Um, you know, if there was another team I'd play for, it'd be them. But obviously, I played for Cardiff, and that was a team I wanted to play for, and that's the reason why I stayed there. And you say you're moving out, so if you go to Scarlets, doesn't it? Not really, no. I think most, you know, most leave the Scar- caravan most, where it is, can't you? <laughs> most of Scarlet's boys live in Cardiff anyway. Yeah, there's not much going down there. Leave the horse and cart where it is, yeah. mate. Yeah. What about you, mate? Um, well, I mean, in terms of the ABC club, I did uh, after my after three years at Bath or something like that. I uh, got offered a deal up at Leicester, which you might believe or you might not, but it's true. Um, so Graham Roundtree was one year out of retiring, and they wanted him to take a back seat and that sort of stuff. And I spoke to him about it as well, and. I was when I say I was close. I wasn't. I was close enough that I went for a look around and met Richard Cockerell and Simon oh, Cohen, the CEO. Had a little and sniff around, did you? Had a little snifter, and then a coffee with the lads. Of and yeah. um, Sappuccino. But really, the truth was that, and I said to Richard Cockerell at the time, you know, Bath is where my heart is, and whatever. And I, I really wanted to stay there, and they, they sort of came up with the goods, as it were, and I stayed there. So I did have an opportunity. They signed this absolute nobody called Marcos Ijerza in the end. Um, so they probably is he an actor? Yeah, don't know who he is. No. Yeah, he's. Um, let's just say they they accidentally upgraded there and did all right at that deal. Yeah, uh, much better player than me. But I think if I could go back and play for one other team, it would have been Toulouse. I think that would have been just from a, as a kid, I supported Bath and Toulouse. You know, so I got to play for Bath for a long time, which was great. But I really, you know, I used to ring my agent and just every now and again and say, look, my contract's up at Bath. I want to stay. Um, if they don't want me. Have a look around. Have a look around in case they don't want me. Yeah. And I used to say, any chance of Toulouse? Any chance of Toulouse? No. 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 Um, no. They can have whoever they want, and they don't want you, fatty. Was generally what came back. But there might be a space at Grenoble. Yeah. 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 There might have been. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there, there were a couple of French contracts offered in the end. I got, you know, I'd... on your axe. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Calais. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for the Ross Beef Arms at Calais Sunday League, but it's cashing <laughs> and so um, yeah, and I didn't didn't make it to France. I ne- nearly went to Stad before my um, last Bath contract, so I got quite far down the line with that. And it was quite it was quite an interesting one actually. Well, you might not, you, you'll know all about this, Tommy, but the oh, listeners might not. So I I spoke to um, Stade Francais, met the boss there. It was Michael Checker at the time in a hotel in London. Yeah, because I didn't know if Bath were going to offer me a contract or not, and you just you can't you can't put all your eggs in one basket you have to cover yourself because it's your job so I wanted to stay at Bath Bath are being really slow I didn't know if they're going to offer me a contract because I wasn't that good by then and um, in the end Stad came through with a like, quite a nice offer mm-hmm. and said you've got 48 hours or it's gone and that's quite the first thing that made me panic because not long is it Bath, Bath in those days didn't do anything in 48 hours it took them about three weeks to sneeze you know that's a lot, a lot of the reason why a lot of players left there was because they're just useless at organising contracts so in the end, I ring the CEO, and it's got to be done by 4 p.m. on the Monday, right? Okay. It's 5 p.m. Paris time, yeah. and it's and it was 3:56, and I was four minutes away. And if no one had answered this phone, I would have signed, signed three years for Stad, and that would have been that. Nobody would have cared, but I would have signed for them. Yeah. And I rang the boss at Bath, and he said, "I thought this was all taken care of, flats." Yeah. I was led to believe it was all taken. Care of. I said, "It's mate, it's not taken care of." So I've known this guy a long time. So I'm not being a prima donna. You've got to tell me, and you've got three minutes to tell me whether I've got a contract here or not. And if I haven't, I'm going to go. He's like, of course you have. I was under the impression you signed. 
how long do you want to sign for? And I said, 15 years at 900 grand. Uh, didn't work. But anyway, we got it sorted there and then. He's like, right, well, get the paperwork done yeah. tomorrow, but don't sign for Stad. We don't want you. This is your club and we want you here. And I said, you know, because this, this is this is the CEO, a great bloke, and but he's not the head coach. And I said, look, I, I want the head coach to want me too. And that was, I think, Geech at the time. And Geech had said, you're 100% saying. And yeah. it just it's just the admin, mate. The admin was so slow that I thought I'm going to lose my job here. And I'm going to be knackered. So I was just about to say yes to Stad, and Bath said, "Don't sign it. We'll sort you out." You know. I remember um, signing for Cardiff. I think it was 2007. And it's always I never liked to go into a game when the contract was there to be signed because you know you could just injure yourself or or what have you, and you know you might break your leg and the club might yeah. take the contract back even though it's there. Yeah. And I remember 2007 playing for the Barbars against South Africa, and I signed it. You know, in the in the Marriott Hotel or whatever it was, the Hilton Hotel, Park yeah. Lane. Yeah. I was rooming with that week. I was rooming with Shark Brits, and this oh, is yeah. before he came to to Saracens, but he was obviously still playing in, in South Africa. So he was a bit of an unknown in the UK. Yeah. And I don't know what he thought of me, mate, because when you play for the Barbars, you get cash in an envelope. That's how they pay you. Yeah, you declare it, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, put it in tax return. Got yeah. to. Um, but what I it was my first ever time I played from, so you know, cash and envelope was quite an exciting thing for me. Yeah. I wanted to show off a little bit. So I, I put it all over my naked body and asked him to take a photo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what he thought of me at all. He probably thought this is the weirdest thing I've ever had to do. <laughs> I said it to all my boys. Crack a week here, boys. <laughs> but we got we got another we got a question here, a bit of a social question from um, at Humpo15. Humpo. I know Humpo, actually. Do you? Yeah, I do, actually. I gave him his good bloke. He works with Leakey at the RFU. Matt Leake, former yes. Saracens and Wasps fly half. Dodgy geezer, thoroughly dodgy geezer. Do you remember we had a wrestle in uh, Oh, you had Tenerife. a fight, didn't you? You yeah. had a fight? Yeah. Oh, it was great, this. It was great, because um, I'd, I'd gone... We went out to Tenerife, and yeah. I'd gone we back We dressed early. as firemen as well, didn't we? Yeah, dressed as firemen. I'd gone home early. Just Sounds rubbish, um, but at the time, honestly, it was amazing. That was brilliant. Yeah. I went home early for personal reasons, and... Um, I think I wasn't feeling very well. Yeah, you were. And I was asleep in the bedroom and I heard this kerfuffle outside and one of those boy, those man wrestle, the boy wrestle that turned into a man wrestle. Well, Shanks had a flat out fight with Leaky. I thought it was great. You know, like when you fight with your mates, you don't really want to punch him as hard as you can in the face, but you just want to be like aggressive and wrestle him to the floor. And, yeah, yeah. And stuff. He was, he was actually quite, um, he was like a little Jack Russell. Yeah, he was, yeah. I remember, this, you know, I don't want to, you know, sort of delve, I don't want to write off. Obviously, I won. Um, Obviously, filled him in big time. Yeah. I, I happen to know that Leaky listens to this podcast because he sent us a tweet, a couple of tweets. Yeah, put, put it this way: it's a little blood on Leaky, nothing on me. Yeah, I mean, so. he was he was cut up bad. Yeah, I mean, he was. Um, it was such a shame what happened to him on that trip. Uh, so, he's been, so, I said, "Where's your tool? Been, <laughs> what, <laughs> what tool? What <laughs> tool? <laughs> he's um, yeah, he's he's looked. I mean, he looked disfigured uh, before that, but it's been worse I've since. I've been down B and Q, got tooled up. Tooled up, yeah. It was a, it was a proper middle class street fight. It was like one in a. It's at Notting Hill or whatever it is, or four weddings and a funeral, where yeah, it's just like we stood back back to each other and walked ten steps and went for it. <laughs> Turn around, oh god! <laughs> it was always yeah, that's put the red corduroys on first. But I I remember being um, I had a girlfriend, uh, quite a, you know, a long term girlfriend, so it wasn't it wasn't uh, you were going steady. Casual. I was going steady. I was dating and yeah. going home from a night out and actually going to. Were you at the stage where you could poo with the door open? <laughs> <laughs> I'm never I'm never at that stage. No, sorry, I'm never not at that stage. Okay. Um, Don't have doors. I was raised by wolves and uh, <laughs> uh, open plan living. Yeah, so carry on, Mowgli. Went to bed and I, was go I was, we we're going to sleep. Right, 
and I heard this like rustling at the bottom of our bed, my bed, and all my kits at the bottom of the bed, yeah, my training kit, whatever. I heard all this rustling, and it's like a leaky saying, for Christ's sake, for Christ's sake, what's the point? And it's leaky stands up. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's at the bottom of the bed, and he's been waiting at the bottom of the bed. I don't know what he was hoping to see, ladies and gentlemen, but Matt Lee, Google him, uh, Deviant. But he was waiting at the bottom of the bed, and he just sort of stood up on a right strop and stormed out because I'd let him down by going straight to sleep. He's resourceful. I Deviant, give him that. absolute Deviant. Um, right, anyway, um, Humpo wants to know, best team bus journey you've had? Oh, that, that's a good question. Um... It is a good one, isn't it? It is a good one. I mean, there are loads, right? The, the one that sticks out for me is... I can't remember what year it was, but we had a big away win somewhere. I was playing for Bath. We had a big away win and a long bus journey. Oh, right. That's, oh, no, I'll tell that's you, good. I'll tell you what it was. Um, Obviously remember that one well. Yeah, I remember that one well. And I, what, who, who did we play? doesn't matter. We all got on the bus and we were straight away on the source and it was right. Someone got on the microphone. Andy Beatty, we called the beast, got on the microphone. Yeah. And he said, no one's driving, everyone's leaving their cars at the club, we're all getting on it, you know, team do. And there's a couple of lads who didn't drink and um, they got they got told where to go. They, they were kind of tasked with looking after us, actually. So yeah. that was fine. And it all got, it was all getting loose. Do you remember one day, actually, we had a, we had a fine uh, court session at Saracens and because you're obviously one of the big drinkers and would party all the time, you weren't allowed to drink alcohol. You had to do your, your fines oh, and mate. coke. It's worse than that. In Coca-Cola, too. The, the, re the reason is worse than that, right? The reason is actually, we went we went on a pre-season tour. Oh, God. We went on a pre-season fitness tour right, to Derby. Do yes. that, to Derby, right? And I remember uh, we're getting on the bus, and Francois Pienaar was our captain, head coach, and chef, and whatever. <laughs> he just ran the place. Yeah. And he said he had to drive up in his big car, in his big Merc. He had to drive up because he had to leave early to do some business stuff, right? So he said, who's going to come with me? So Julian Wright, Julian White and Robbie the Muscle Russell went in Frankie's car with him. And we all went on the bus because we thought, we want to get on the lash on the bus. We don't want to keep it serious in his car. Yeah. So they drove up to Derby with a boss, you know, I bet some really, really strange chat in that car. Oh, proper stuff. Um, so strained. Whitey and Robbie, properly antisocial mutes. And um, they got there and I remember Whitey, if they followed the bus up, Whitey falling out of the car, laughing so much that he had to take a knee. He literally, he went to his knee on the floor and he was wheezing. Frankie had a completely straight look on his face. And Frankie had been like, he was reversing to the spot, and Whitey was like, oh, careful, Frankie, I think you're pretty close there. Don't you worry, this car's got sensors. And bang, <laughs> he went straight to the side of this car, and it's like, wee, wee! <laughs> he smashed into this car. And Whitey's like, Frankie, you're on it, you're on it! <laughs> Robbie Russell's side of that, you're on it! <laughs> he lifts this car off the ground, and, he's, and Whitey just absolutely pisses himself and drops out. But anyway, on that trip, we had this night out, and it was like, right, all the young boys, all the young spunkers coming here, and it's probably me and you, and Rob Thurlby, I think yeah. it was, and, a couple of, and Ben Johnston, and Adam Jones, John Dawson, those guys, Matt Cairns. Tony Rocks. Tony Rock, yeah. So it was like, right, chop a pint. And it was like, we ought to chop a pint of any pint you want with an egg in it. Yeah, so I was like, right, right, let's do it. It was like break a country an pub, wasn't it? Yeah, get yeah. an egg, break it in, chop it. And got to the end of it, and I, would, I, I don't mind a drink, but I don't like downing pints. It's just not something I can do very well. Really? And they were like, sorry, mate, sorry, lads, you went too early, you've got to do it again. So we did it again, and they were like, a bit of spillage, you've got to do it again. So we did a load of these pints. Thelby lost the plot, but halfway, like, before we started, I challenged Frankie Pienaar to do the drinking with us. Yeah. Right, so this is, this is getting a bit convoluted now, but he did a load of pints, and he was drinking hard. And I remember watching him, and Julian White saying to me, watch Frankie, just watch him. He's on the edge. And I watched him, and he, he was, like, walking around trying to get away from the boys. 
And he went and leaned on a fruit sheen and he's pretending to put coins in. He's like, they're not real coins. <laughs> they're not real coins. He's hitting the buttons. He's, looking, rand. he's just looking around. Then there were no coins in his hand. They're not real coins. He's going to go. And then he went and he sort of popped uh, sort of really inconspicuously into the gents. And um, yeah, he wasn't well. Anyway, we got back to, we had to do a review at back at the club where yeah. it was like, what did everyone think of it? And my group, just my group happened to be a lot of the young lads. And the general consensus was not necessarily mine, the general consensus was that we were forced to drink and we didn't like it. Drinking culture and rugby. Drinking culture. So I stood up and said, we felt, because I spoke on behalf of the group, I didn't drop yeah. anyone in it because no. I didn't share the opinion. And the kangaroo court came around and Brendan Reedy, the Samoan prop, the chief, he's like, bro, you hate drinking so much, you're drinking Diet Coke all day. It's like, oh, awesome. And I was, I was going to argue with the chief, but no one argued with the chief. So I like, every time that you had to neck a pint, which was a lot at kangaroo yeah. court, I like to chop a pint of ice-cold Diet Coke. It's brutal. It's but absolutely brutal. I don't know what the fancy dress was, but that's when you'd come dressed as... Uh, remember, you shaved your head, and you were like, the guy from... Sinbad, I was. Yeah, oh, right. I thought it was a guy from um, Kickboxer. You know? Tong Po. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tong Po. You would sellotape. You would sellotape I, I bit, I bit my head and face completely, and I got... But I got a load of Loctite. I got this black ponytail, a load of masking tape, but a load of Loctite glue and glued you know this thing I'll, back I'll in put, my head. I'll put that on Twitter this week. So, yeah, yeah. So you can see. Yeah, um, good times. Uh, but anyway, that isn't the bus trip. Yeah. That is not the bus trip Humpo wants to know about. The best bus trip for me was, um, anyway, after this victory with Bath, we come back and everyone's on the source and we start playing Take the Back Seat. And it's kind of one of those games that everyone talks about and that doesn't yeah. play that much and uh, I was at the back just on the way to the back because that's just where we sat so was Danny Grucock and there's a few big lads up the back there Pete Short and there's some sort of heavy lads up there Matt Stevens was always like he would like turn the music off he turned off the team music on the bus Yeah. he's like turn the music off I've got my guitar somebody get my guitar turn the music <laughs> down let's have a sing and we were like we were like so we called him Sauce because he was Sauce was S-O-S son of Shep Shep was John Mallet. Shep okay. was Mallet, and he had a massive head Matt Stevens got a head like a cow, call him son of Shep. Sauce. Yeah, okay. So we're like, Sauce, sit out. I don't want to hear your guitar. I want to hear the tune. And he's like, right, if you're going to be rude, I'm going to take the back seat. And he like, he's a big lad. He piled yeah. up, mate. He finished. He finished. He had tear in his trousers. He had no shirt on. And he had six stitches in his eye when he got, he got absolutely filled in on that bus. Did he get but to he the back mind. seat? He didn't get to the back seat, uh... no. No, from, not from memory. But he had to get past some lads who were pretty motivated to stop him. See, I'd say, I'd say our best one we've had is... We're probably a little bit more civilised than you Bath boys. Yeah. Um, we played South Africa in 2008 and they wanted to keep us off off the piss, basically. So they hired a castle bus, um, which is just a bus, which just has a bar on it. Yeah. Um, toilets. It's all blacked out, all windows. It's just, a, it's just an alcoholic bar. That... It's a nightclub that yes. moves. Yeah. So we just drove around for about three hours on there. Doing fines non-stop. They wanted to keep you out of town, you mean? Well, I think they just wanted to keep us out of trouble, more so. But yeah, we ended up brilliant. going. We ended up going to a nightclub anyway. Of course you did. Um, but it's brilliant. Three hours, all the boys together. Um, bar on the bus, toilets on the bus. Drove around, literally, probably a ring road. You know? What more do you need? And then we went to a nightclub and had a gun pulled on us. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Where were you again? Uh, South Africa, did you say? Joburg. Joburg, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't believe it over there, would you? We have security, though. You wouldn't believe it. Right. Yeah. Uh, question from Thomas Buckle from Twitter. 
Um, just wanted to say, uh, really enjoying the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, question for you both. Who is your strongest ex-teammate in the gym? Now, this is a really nerdy question, mm. but this is the sort of stuff that sports fans like. I like this stuff. Yes. Um, I like stuff like that because I'm, you know, macho, whatever, and I wear pink jumpers. But who's your strongest ex-teammate, Tom? It probably would be Gethin Jenkins. Right. And not necessarily to look at him, you think... Yeah. He is. He's, well, he's a big bloke. He's a prop. but He's a big guy, yeah. He's incredibly strong. Just is he? Natural, natural strength. I mean, uh, there are some strong boys now in the squad, but from my point of view, from players I played with, Andy Powell was up there as well. Yeah. You know, he'd like to warm up on the halfway line, as we yeah. talked about. Um, but Mellon, yeah. um, incredibly strong. Legs, back, shoulders, chest. Yeah. Just one of those natural... And he was never like a... He was never like a Paul Wallace type of prop. Not ripped up and Keen Healy Wigsy. sort of yeah. type of... But just huge amounts of strength. And fitness, by the way. Yeah, and... Fittest guy ever, prop. Fal Felice as well. Oh, yeah. Actually, Fal Felice is the strongest. Fal Felice. So he'd be doing... To Fal Felice. He'd be doing bench press and, you know, our fitness coach, Tristan Bevan, at the time, say, Fal, that's not enough, put some more on. And he goes and you know, normally put like, another 10 kilos on, he put 25 kilos on each, <laughs> on each end of the press. Mate, imagine, right? I'm playing loose head at Baths with Dave Barnes. Yeah. And Big Foul turns up. I'm like, oh, we've got this new prop. He's a tight head. We're like, happy days. He's not a loose head, all right? Because we want our jobs. And he plays tight head and he's pretty good and he's unbelievably strong around yep. the field in the gym. I remember him being, he was 126 kilos, whatever that means, 126 kilos. And his body fat mills were the, exactly the same as Ollie Barkley's. It's the size of a rhino. It's the size, he's the size of four rhinos, but he was yep. a huge guy and he was as lean as exactly the same as Ollie Barkley. 20, 28 mils of fat, whatever. That, I don't know what that means, but I remember it being freakishly low. Bacon. His fitness scores, you're like, well, he's not going to do that. He's all power. He's not. He's fast twitch. Fitness scores, brilliant. Power, amazing. Strength, amazing. Skills, yep. amazing. Then one day, I was playing against Saris for Bath, against Cobras Fisagi. And I, um, it was one of the worst days of my career. I got my head fully shoved up my ass, And um, they brought Fow on. Yeah, I barely played Lucid before and gave Visagi a properly hard time. I was like, oh no, my career at Bath is over. Yeah. This guy's literally twice as good as I am. And then Cardiff came in and offered him shed loads of money. And and it was great. He's nearly 40 now and still I know. I was at Cardiff top, the other week. top of the table of yeah. power, strength. I was so happy he left. Yeah. I, me- I remember I'm doing... Glad I thought of him, actually. Yeah, it's a great shout. And he was a he was a big old Tongan with gold teeth. Loves, loves the Colonel, KFC. Yeah. yeah, he loves it. Yeah. But it doesn't go on him. There's no fat on him. He's an absolute freak. What's yours? Um, Fowl would be up there, yeah. big Fowl. Um, Julian White, very, very strong. Uh, but in the gym, Pete Short, big yeah. second row. Okay. Yeah, freak, freaky specimen, freaky specimen. Kind of strong everywhere, you know. Um, shouldn't have been as strong as he was because he was six foot six and his limbs were just so long. But geez, he was, he was, he was freaky strong, freaky specimen. Now we've got a question from Chris Tanarella. Um, mm. Now, he's, by the way, first of all, before you ask the question, he said, now I've heard the nickname Llama for Shanks. I can't see him as anything else. And, and good, I'm glad about that, because he is very pallid and he does dribble. Uh, I'd like to discuss the Welsh centre partnership, says Chris. Now, mm. do you think that, basically, basically, do you think Wales need to drop Jamie Roberts and replace him with Scott Williams if they're to carve up in the season's upcoming? Well, there's three great centres at the moment who play, who play in there. You yeah. know, there's... Scott Williams, John Davis, Jamie Roberts. And it all depends on what style of play Rob Howley wants to do now. He's, you know, he's, yeah. he's coach. He's a gaffer. Yeah, he's in charge now. 
So, you know, if they want to continue with playing the, the game line battle, the same sort of style that Wales have played since 2008 when Gatlin's come in, then Jamie Roberts has to play, really, because he's the one that gives them that go-forward ball off the top of the line-outs, off the back of the scrums. He's the one that gets them over that game line, gets them on the front foot, allows the forwards to play the same way. You know, they want to play the same way and same way to shorten defences, you know, whilst other teams look at different ways of shortening defences. So we want to, Wales want to shorten defences by literally onslaught and onslaught of going the same way, same way, so defences tire because they can't get around the corner quick enough. Yeah. You know, other teams break down defences, so they want to they get a separation between 10 and 12 or 13 and 14. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's how Rob Howley wants to play. If he wants to play a more expansive game, then you have to have another ball player in the centres. Mm. So Scott Williams out of all three is probably the better ball player. But then, you know, you have to drop one. John Davis is back on form. Um, yeah. Great player. Jamie Roberts, great player defensively as well. A lot of people also, forget mate, how good he at, is defensively. We spoke about the All Blacks before, but about this in particular, I think. But they kept four centres happy. But now they've got other guys coming in and you think they, they kind of manage it. But I th also think it's quite easy to to take two or three players out of, out of that All Blacks team and you could probably put anybody in yeah. and they would still function because yeah. the whole team functions so well. I think it's a, it's a bit harder when you're doing that for Wales. Or it's quite a unique dynamic, that, isn't it? It is. They've got, it is. Yeah. Um, they could stick you or me in there, mate. We'd be all right. Yeah. Where, would you be 12 or 13? <laughs> I, I think <laughs> yeah. 13. You're, you're more creative, aren't you? Yeah, I'd be a dummy line. But mind you, that's all you'd be as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I reckon that's about it, Shanko. Um, we've covered pretty much everything and a bit more, and I, for one, am famished. Yeah, I'm pretty hungry too. Um, how do people contact us, mate? Remind them. Well, they can contact us on Twitter, at Flats and Shanks. Yeah. Um, what's our website, Dave? It is flatsandshanks.com. Or email us, contact at flatsandshanks.com. And we're, we're sorry that you know, we couldn't bring a, a guest to you on the phone this week, but... You know, we're going bigger and better next week, aren't we? We're going big and we've done four and we've only got two mates each in reality. So we've kind of done those. So we're trying to get mates of mates. Um, one quick word of thanks again to the two Toms, Parsons and Vale here at Worcester Warriors. They've been absolute legends sorting us out this room. Um, good on them. Hope you've enjoyed it. See you next week. Ta-da. Ta-ra. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.